Hello everyone. This episode was originally released in March 2023 as a Patreon exclusive, but since then, Billy has been charged with an additional 22 murders, but the DA has decided not to pursue the death penalty in the last few days, as well as it being a bank holiday in the UK, so we're not around to record an episode. So we thought we'd use that opportunity to release an episode that would usually be reserved for the Patreon. The episodes over there are pretty similar to what you get here, but we can be a bit more candid and I don't need to worry about what I'm saying so much. But with that, we hope you enjoy the episode. We hope to see you over on the Patreon. Peace. Burglary is a distressing crime for victims. Possessions can be replaced if insured, but often items of great sentimental value are never recovered. It is rare for a burglar to attack a householder. Sometimes it happens when confronted and they panic. Sometimes they are high on drink or drugs and lash out, causing injury. But a murder being committed during a burglary is very rare especially when the victim is elderly and frail and unable to offer any resistance. But what if the murder goes unnoticed due to a systematic failure, an authority's assumption that old people die and autopsies are not required? What if it goes unnoticed for years? Victims of a serial killer mounting up and no one notices the deaths in close proximity and time form a pattern. A serial killer whose whole working life had been dedicated to caring for the sick and elderly. This is the case of Billy Shamimir, and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone, you beautiful people on the Patreon. You give us money. So we're here for the Patreon exclusive episode of the podcast, so this is only for you guys. Definitely. Billy Shamimir. Yes. You struggle to say that. I, th- even though I've listened to it multiple times, I have blank when I try and pronounce his surname. You said he's Kenyan, but the name like Shimiamia, he's Russian. <laughs> you can't tell me otherwise. Well, this case is hardly known outside of Texas, and it's still ongoing, as, like with Shipman, they don't know how many victims, and, like with Shipman, there were no autopsies, and people will have been cremated. Figures banded about in the early days were up to 750 and rose as high as 1,000 victims of Billy. That has to be exaggerated. I know. This is... A thousand people? Well, it's unexplained... That's a town. Yeah. It's unexplained deaths. He's not to the plague. Again, he's dealing with old people. So it could be... Would a kill be attributed to him if he, say, didn't give them medication? If he's supposed to be caring for them? It's not quite as simple as him being a carer, which is where your brain's going, which is my fault with the way it came in, but that is the background and the premise to this. New charges are being filed regularly with this guy, still, and there are civil cases still underway. It made me angry the more I read it, so you, dear listener, you get to be angry too. And because we're on Patreon, I can deviate a bit from our norm and explain those autopsy figures that I talked about early on. It was a report from 2011. I couldn't find anything later and it's USA relevant. And according to this report, autopsy rates for people aged between 65 and 74 were 5%. Obviously, they're greater for younger people, many more variable causes of death. But that astonished me. If you're between if you're over 65, you've got a 5% chance of them actually saying, oh, yeah, they just didn't keel over. Let's go and autopsy them. But the average age expectancy going up and medication, I feel like that should be increased. Yeah, but it, it, it gets worse, and I'll, I'll get into that as, as we go are, on. Are you specifically annoyed so because of the way you're chronologically inclined? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I also read that in some states in the USA, they don't autopsy anybody over 60 unless specifically told to. That is what really bothered me, being chronologically inclined. That's a murderer's charter, isn't it? If you're over 60, uh, I mean, we in the UK do work a bit differently, especially after shipment, but it hit home a bit. Bump mother off and no one would care if you're crafty about it. Here, unless you're under a, a doctor for a specific illness or you're in hospital being treated for something and you die, there is an autopsy. It doesn't matter how old you are, unless you are probably in your 90s, I would think. So now I've gotten that off my chest. Let's come to this case. Right, I'm going to mangle this. Billy Kiptokorire Shamirmir was born on the 8th of December 1972. In Russia. In a village that formed part of a place called Eldama Ravine in Kenya. It's quite a cultural hub and wealthy, but small, with about 45,000 residents. Now, we know very little about his childhood. His father was a local tribal chief, married three times with multiple siblings and half-siblings, and he may be number eight of nine children of his father, right? We know that he became a nurse in Kenya. Current training for that would indicate that it takes two to two and a half years to complete a certificate in nursing, and they have to register with the nursing council there. When he qualified, I've got no idea. Now, I did suspect he didn't get a bachelor's degree in science because he would have still had to have taken an internship to be fully qualified as a registered nurse in Kenya. Because when he moved to the USA, he doesn't seem to have done anything about getting his qualification registered or upgraded to match the USA requirements, such as extra courses. Although that does change state by state. You can be registered and practice in, practice in one state, but you can barely put a plaster on someone in a different state if you're not registered. Anyway, the first possible misreporting says that he moves to the USA in the late 1990s. He had an elder sister who somehow managed to get him there and two other siblings they managed to get them visas. There was a lot of misreporting and speculation later that he was, in fact, an illegal alien. And technically, he was for a while, ICE got involved, the lot. So that's the Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Let us go to Dallas, Texas. He actually arrived in the USA in 2003, along with his two other siblings. He had what was called a B-2 visa, which is a tourist visa. Yet a lot of places says he was a student. And whilst the B-2 does allow for some study... It's not valid if you get academic credits. It's strictly for recreation and not vocational study. And that's actually from the government website. While B2 visas may be valid for up to 10 years, visitors on a B2 will only be permitted to stay in the United States for a short duration. It's a maximum of six months. Now I'm sat there thinking, why make it valid for 10 years? It made no sense. And I can sort of understand perhaps where someone that has English as a second language may make a mistake, maybe, with it. Not understanding that even though it says it's 10 years, you're actually only allowed to be there for six months. So the visa itself is valid, but you can only be over there for a six-month period at a time. Yeah. So does that mean within that 10-year period, you can only be in America for six months? You, so, not... so you could go over for a month, come back, go over for a month the next year, go away, come back. So you can spend a total of six months within that 10-year span. It's not clear. It really isn't clear. It's like the Schengen visa, the Schengen area in Europe, because we're no longer part of it, you're only allowed, I think it's 180 days in one year 
within, say, Spain or France or Germany. And you have to keep track of that. Yeah, there's quite a few countries where you have to spend a minimum amount of time in there in order to, to declare yourself a citizen, in order for like, tax reasons. That's why a lot of people are in Dubai. Yeah. It needs to be a minimum of like six months. But if you go over 180 days, say in Spain, you might be subject to their tax laws. Yeah. But this six months, I couldn't work out if it was six months, one off, a total of six months or six months every... It's not clear from the website. And I did spend... I can understand why people mis- get mixed okay. up. Yeah, especially yeah. if his second language is English. Yeah. But he was able to use a loophole in the country's legal immigration system that allowed him to obtain a green card after marrying a US citizen. Now, I'm pretty sure a lot of those holes have been blocked now. There's a lot... They're a lot stricter. There's so many fucking rules around immigration in America. If you're a an illegal immigrant and you've been over for 20 years, for every year that you've been over and you want to finally make yourself a, a citizen, you have to go back to your country of origin for like X amount of months. So if you've been over here by 20 years, which is when you came over, it was legal to do, and then suddenly the rules change, you can ha- you can be forced to go back to, say, Mexico for another 10 years. So, so people say, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm away from my family. Because that's, that's yeah. what, I wouldn't do that. A hundred percent wouldn't do that. So then they don't, and then they get caught by like ice and then detained, and then everything happens. There's like there's like several rules for it, and it's it's really quite bad. And the people that work for certain companies that they know they're illegal immigrants, and they, they call ice on themselves every couple of months to get people that were working there illegally to then get sent back so they can get cheap labour, and they get charged like three pound fifty as a fine. I'm really not a fan of the immigration rules in America. Our immigration rules is like ten thousand pounds for every illegal immigrant that you've found but if they generate fifty thousand pounds in income per person because you're you're paying them three pound fifty an hour then who cares you've made millions of it i can understand if you're putting these rules in place and it's forward but to make them retrospective there's a there's a green band a yellow band and a red band and it's really quite interesting how that happens It's, it's to intentionally have an immigrant populace yeah yeah i've heard it's to intentionally create that yeah well, in November 2007, Billy was approved for this green card and that gave him permanent residency. By that point, he was selling cars on the side and apparently working at what they called a home health aid. And according to the reports, all illegally. So it's like a care worker, but going in and out of people's homes. Seems he was often using the name Benjamin Quitaba, who is his cousin, and also using that chap's social security number, which is gold dust out there did he keep his nose clean did he heck 2010 and 2011 he got two convictions for duis in texas and he got 180 days in jail and a fine of 1250 dollars and 70 days in jail for the other one and then in july 2012 he attacks his then girlfriend after an argument about him coming back from a strip club, a rip roaring drunk at 3am. His girlfriend had gone to bed, no doubt done with his drama, and he goes into the room and starts punching her, belts her around the head with a pot and kicks her in the back. He was obviously fired up by that point because he grabs a knife and slices up the sofa, which is infinitely better than doing it to the girlfriend, but the police are called and he's arrested. Then for whatever reason, the trial just doesn't happen. Charges are not dropped. He's in limbo for four years. Still can't keep himself out of trouble. 
whilst he's awaiting trial for that assault, he is arrested in June 2016 for criminal trespass. He entered a retirement place or assisted living community called Edgemere in Dallas, and that's significant later. And he apparently tried to pass himself off as a maintenance worker with a right to be on the premises. That arrest may have been the tipping point because on the 28th of June 2016, Billy pled no contest on the 2012 assault charge, the criminal trespass case and failing to identify himself. He was sentenced to 70 days in jail and fined $2,000. Now, I was at that point, why is his green card not being revoked as an habitual criminal? Truth be told, from what I've read, He should have been deported after the first DWI in Texas. It does vary by state, but it's possible no one ever put it together if he was using his cousin's name. Although fingerprints would have soon confirmed his ID, wouldn't it? So I don't understand that. Still don't understand why he wasn't kicked out. March 2018. A 91-year-old lady in Dallas was attacked in her own home with the perpetrator trying to smother her before fleeing after stealing jewellery. Apparently she opened a front door. All she sees is a hand coming at her covered in a green rubber glove. And she basically blacks out as her face is covered up. Police check CCTV and spot a car leaving the scene around the time of the attack. It's a very quiet, lovely road. So it wasn't looking at hundreds of vehicles. It was very easy to spot. Police soon find out that that car belongs to Billy and put him under surveillance when he spotted throwing something into the dumpster at his apartment. Police go dumpster diving and find a jewellery box. But a piece of paper inside that box gives them a name that they don't recognise. It's not their original victim. It's an 81-year-old woman called Lou T. Harris, known as Kim from Dallas. Might be Thie, T-H-I. Mm, fee. fee, yeah. Police asked the local police department to do a welfare check, and poor Kim was found deceased in her home. 20th of March 2018, Billy is arrested for murder and attempted murder. June 2018, Billy was before a grand jury, and they handed down an indictment for capital murder and left the local authorities with a huge headache. As I said, it at that time they thought it was possible he could have been involved in up to 1,000 cases of unexplained deaths in Dallas alone. Not just Texas, Dallas area. Get this. He was in jail with the bail set at $11.6 million. Bail. They would actually give him bail. No one stumped up the 10%, so very sad. They get to investigating. And by May of 2019... Billy is also indicted on 11 more capital murder charges. So that by July of 2019, there is a list of 19 possible victims. But seven of those names, no indictments. They so was chucking shit at him and see what will stick. No. It's like, oh, do you know what? Mm-hmm. These vaguely fit the descriptions of murders we've had and we can probably pin it on this guy. No, it gets it, see, to say you've done, you've got a thousand people, unless you are a career criminal professional like burglar and then like home invader and then kill people or you're a hitman even then that way hitman's got a thousand kills on him it's these unexpected that kd ratio is mad that's not going to happen also for a second imagine you're him yeah 
the illusion of being caught has been completely shattered. Mm-hmm. You're killing people and nothing's happening. You repeat the process, you're killing people, nothing's happening. Eventually, you're going to be disillusioned with the fact that, you, that you're actually going to get caught to a degree. So it just keeps happening. You think, oh, I've, I've broken the system somehow. Or is this what policing is actually like? To, and to say that he's then done it a thousand times potentially to me just sounds ludicrous. It sounds yeah. it sounds sensational yeah. to try to absolutely to, to blow up some sort of like viral thing almost. It was but like look at look at Dallas police. They've captured a man that's killed a thousand, ignoring the fact he managed to get away and kill a thousand people because they didn't do their job or whatever. You're absolutely despite ridiculous funding. It's like okay, a thousand. No, that's a, that's a, that's a that's a town. You are absolutely one hundred percent right. The twenty two, I could get away with it. In the span of say ten years, he's, he's killed a person like two point two times a year on average. Yeah, but a thousand people over the span of say ten years, you're you're killing like thirty people a month. That's not possible. <laughs> it's one a day. Yeah, no, you you physically don't have the energy for that. But you are absolutely right that it was sensational reporting. And the thing is, it didn't get any traction. It's literally got no traction. It's because it sounds so fake. Someone's read that and go, it's one of those things that's like, click this and your dick will get bigger. No one's going <laughs> to believe it. No one's going to believe it. They're not, not going to think some from man from Kenya who's been arrested multiple times for other stuff before they've actually got sent away has actually managed to kill a thousand people. Considering if you're an immigrant and you look at a police officer wrong, you get arrested. Well, I think a lot of the reason it didn't get any major traction is in the early days, I think it was kept relatively quiet because everybody was embarrassed. But then when everything got underway, it was in the middle of the two-year world shutdown. So it did cause problems with reporting. Reporters couldn't jump on a plane to go to sit in a courthouse in Dallas from New York. Metrics for every online purveyor of information went up. Everything, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Twitch. But it was it was after adaptation. Initially, they couldn't they couldn't do that. Lots of things got dropped and missed in the first six nine months. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm saying I guess in the, the accrual of information, but the actual things themselves. It's like Netflix now is reporting like massive lows compared to a few years ago. Yeah. Every every services say, well, yeah, because people aren't indoors anymore. So I don't see why this wouldn't have gotten picked up because more people are online looking for things. Look how many people started making content in lockdown. So you're telling me that because there were more eyes on it, so I'm just surprised it didn't get picked up. Unless it goes back to my dick pill theory that it, people saw it and thought it was fake. Yeah, I, you could be right. I, I mean, you've got a thousand unexplained deaths, but you've got a lot of people that would have been cremated, absolutely. But there was a lot of evidence against Billy, especially with cell phone data. Now, there's a lot of civil suits going on by this point in 2019. Six suits against one care home where eight residents died. And lots of the families reported to this care home that jewellery and valuables were missing, but almost all of them were fobbed off. And we've all, if you've ever had relatives in a care home and you've gone in to see someone and they're wearing somebody else's clothes, that's bad enough. But when you've got jewellery that you perhaps can't, put in a safe place, say like a wedding ring that somebody won't take off and then suddenly it's gone. And you know that they had it and then the care home goes, you know, these things are supposed to be put in safes. They're supposed to be trackable, but I don't know where it went. So these civil cases are also about security, how he gained access and managed to convince what was probably a revolving door of other care workers that he had a right to be there and he was simply working when in fact he was a trespasser apparently they're talking one of them they were talking about they called it an underground parking lot 
So he was getting in and the door from the parking garage, which was probably staff, because I can't imagine most of the 80-year-olds were whizzing around in Ferraris or whatever, even though they were quite wealthy in a lot of these. He must have been just going in through an unlocked door or the staff have turned off the devices to make sure the door's secure. Yeah, or if the doors aren't working for various reasons, they make the just unlock them so people can actually gain access. If he's been there for years, people are familiar. They're not going to assume he's a trespasser. It's like that guy that worked in a car park for like 10 years. Yes. And he's, he was there collecting tickets and, and people were paying them and stuff. And then one day he didn't turn up. The company nearby says, oh, you're going to send out a new guy for the car park. I'm like, what car park? Turns out 10 years he'd just been collecting money. It could be the same thing as this. He's been there for ages and no one's thought... Because no one's going to assume. If if you walk in somewhere confidently, people assume you're supposed to be there. You can get away with so much shit doing that. He says he apparently he was walking around in a suit with a clipboard and making out that he was doing... Like surveying or yes. something. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's only one male name on this list. Of All the other victims are women. Most, but not all, lived in retirement homes. And this is where I got really angry with three women who lived on the same floor of 1K home. They were all friends and all died within three months of each other. And the Dallas County Medical Examiner ruled their deaths as natural causes. None of them were expected to die. So nobody was joining the dots. Nobody was like, "Mm -mm." same with Shipman. Until somebody said, I think it was The Undertaker, wasn't it? We're getting an awful lot with Dr. Shipman's name on it. Nobody's. And then they do a little search in the database in their Excel spreadsheet that say shit money thing. Hang on, this fucker's got 800 people in here. Yeah. December 2020, another grand jury. And he ends up. That's almost peak corona times, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And he gets more capital murder indictments, which bring him up to 17, plus two additional charges of attempted capital murder. And he was linked by them getting the final Emmy reports and the civil cases filing seven other deaths that it was pretty sure he was responsible for jury selections happen in early november 2021 and if you're wondering it was split equally seven men and seven women and although the ages and even the racial breakdown was not released the judge said that it was diverse and the best cross-section that they had ever seen it took them nine hours to pick these jurors out as well Now, a possible spanner in the works initially was the fact that some of the potential jurors had spotted that... Sorry, I'm going to laugh here. Billy's defence attorney was arrested himself a few days before for solicitation of prostitution and released on $2,000 bail. The judge actually said that they didn't think it would interfere with the case. I was boggling. Um, Just, you're up for a criminal charge yourself and you're going to... No. Once that's done and everyone leaves, they go, right, next case. And he just sits back down again. He goes, right. <laughs> I think with the uh, the reporting, I saw a lot of the other defence team took over while he got that sorted out. I don't actually know what happened, but yeah, that was definitely there. I've given you a picture of his mugshot camera. Um, by the time it goes to trial, November 2021, although he was charged with 18, but he was only on trial for one, Lou Harris, and the death penalty wasn't on the table. His defence didn't even make an opening statement. They just called the evidence circumstantial. And to be fair, it wasn't good evidence that came out because it was that one case in isolation. There was CCTV showing Billy leaving a shop a few minutes just before Lou, but that's about it. 
Billy said he bought the jewellery box along with all of its contents, including the keys to her house and the jewellery, from a man he met online for $700. He didn't know the man's name. Trial is over super quick, four days, and the jury was deadlocked with one holdout. And if I'm honest, from what I saw, I'm not actually surprised. Some jurors do want it to be very open and shut, and it wasn't. Evidence was also presented at trial that showed Billy was also in possession of numerous $2 bills. Lou apparently loved giving them out as gifts. Billy said he had bought the $2 bills in Fort Worth a few days earlier. Now, that's a leap for any juror, isn't it? Just because he's got $2 bills, you can't prove that just because she liked handing them out, they were hers. Yeah, that's a leap. That's a leap. I, I don't... Yeah. Turned out the holdout was a woman as well. Not that it had anything to do with him. They had around 10 hours of deliberation and the judge then declared a mistrial. Why? Because it was deadlocked. She was holding out. They didn't have the option to... But how is that not considered a mistrial and he's just then not considered not guilty then? Because it wasn't a not guilty. Everybody else thought he was guilty. One juror refused to confirm guilt. The judge in this case then declared it a mistrial. But doesn't that mean that they didn't meet the burden of reasonable thing? No, no. Just because you've got one holdout and the reasons behind that holdout, you don't know. Apparently there was the notes going backwards and forwards to the judge and this woman was not, not going to back down. And I can kind of get where she come from. She just refused if, to. If someone's only got the evidence of eyewitness testimonies, I wouldn't convict someone. They have more than that. But I wouldn't ever convict someone based on eyewitness testimonies. I could tell you a sentence and I say, now say that back to that person over there and you get the sentence wrong. And you're supposed to expect that if you see and witness a crime that you're going to relay the information completely accurately, of course you're not. So you can't base it off eyewitnesses, even up to like 10 people. I suspect they couldn't dismiss the charges against him because it was a capital case. It was a murder, capital murder case. He'll know the death penalty wasn't on the table. It's murder. So it has to be a mistrial. Or potentially up to a thousand murders. Well, and then it's down to the DA to whether they're going to refile charges again. But it's a mistrial. So he goes back to prison. Prosecution did decide that, and in April 2022, it's a good date for a retrial. And Billy gets an, gives an interview from prison to a, I think it was a local newspaper, it might have been a local TV show, and he was 100% convinced that he wouldn't go to prison for these murders. Absolutely convinced. Jury selection again, 21st of April 2022, and then the trial gets underway. There's a delay. One juror goes to work instead of going to the court, when they eventually catch up with him, he says he forgot. And another recognised victim's family, so the defence objected to them, saying that they couldn't be objective, but the judge overruled that. It was Is being... it the same judge? No. Okay. This judge in the final... I was going to say, this judge has not passed my sniff test. I don't trust no, him. No, she, she, she kicks ass this judge in the last one. She's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's being filmed, this whole thing. The defence objects to the size of the camera. The judge overruled that one. And I'm watching the video of the trial and suddenly realise that he's got the same lawyers from the first trial and the one was arrested for solicitation this error as I recognised his mugshot. Is that the mugshot that you've given me on the yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. He looks like Ray Romano. Everybody loves Raymond, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, he's definitely him. Because I'm looking at it thinking, how do I know that face? Oh, I've seen that face before. You've probably never watched Breaking Bad or Better, Better no. Call Saul. no. The kind of sleazy white man lawyer that can get basically anyone off of anything. You kind of want that. And looking at him, he's the kind of person that I would want. I assume he doesn't actually get this guy off on, on the murder charge. 
But if he himself is fucking around and then he might not have even got charged for the solicitation, I go, he's, he's 1-0 at this point. I kind of like what he's doing. Well, I suspect it. Well, he must be court-appointed because there's no way Billy's got the money to pay for no. a decent lawyer. So, The trial starts without the jurors. Questions are being asked about the evidence. They want to, you know, it's they want the jury out before they, they go over this. And yet again, another screw-up. It comes out that the detective who collected that jewellery box from the dumpster didn't bag and tag it the way everybody thinks they do. He used a box he found inside the dumpster to put the jewellery box in it. So I'm just sat there with my head in my hands thinking, bloody hell, cross-contamination. There was a taped statement from one victim who was a survivor. Unfortunately, she did die later, but it was not connected. She was very sharp. She had seven pieces of jewellery stolen. One of her rings was given to her by her husband and it was very distinctive. Can I just say something here that's completely unrelated and I probably won't even reach that many people. Depending on the state, you don't need um, two-part consent for recording. Yes, I know that. Even if you live in a, an HMO and you even share a room with someone, there is no expectation of that privacy. So you can have a camera and recording in your bedroom even though someone else is already in your bedroom so if you have any old person that's in any kind of care home fucking plow that thing for the cameras yeah put it put it in shit put it in the old person just to be safe <laughs> well i had these uh, nanny bears yeah i love yeah. eight of them yeah just to be sure because it's uh you don't need two-party consent to the person that's being recorded no. so just to be safe always have one yeah definitely that's what i would do yeah going back to this lady in her rings bright spark that billy was he sold jewelry online and this particular ring was tied back to the attack on her. They were able to trace the ring. He actually had something like it was either an eBay shop or something similar or a website that he used to sell all his stolen jewellery on because that was his, his things, buying and selling stolen jewellery. Much about the two trials was the same, but the prosecutors changed the order of witnesses and did not show some evidence. That was a major part of the last trial. I suspect that jewellery box cock-up was one of them. The case was largely chronological places witnesses in an order that showed how the investigation developed so the jury could follow it. A bit like we do with our episodes. And it was quite clever how the prosecutor showed a photograph of one victim on a projector, then laid jewellery on top of the photograph to show how it matched what she was, was wearing. Was it one-to-one kind of yeah. size? This is the exact ring. Yeah. yeah. And that jewellery was what Billy had when he was arrested. So it's not a case of that looks like my mother's jewellery. It's a case of... Look, you need to prove that, but when you have like the one-to-one image... if Yeah. It's like when you, when you have a, an insurance claim. You've got decent stuff. You need it photographed. And insurance companies will want to see a dated... Even though the metadata can be changed, they still want to see a photograph of you perhaps wearing that ring on holiday in Morocco in yeah. 1982. So... A short trial again. It takes the jury 45 minutes this time to find him guilty. And the judge sentenced him to life without parole. As I said, death penalty is not in play. This is April 2022. The defence immediately notifies the court it will appeal. Prosecution says that they will go for one more case and then likely drop all the other cases. Now, before you explode, that was for Dallas County. The Collins County DA where other murders took place, wants to try him for, I think, nine murders. And it's likely the death penalty will be on the table for those. 
Doesn't that make the other trial almost a farce? If you have another trial that's going to say, okay, death penalty is on the table, I probably want to get the one out of the way first because then you're determining what's actually going to happen. It's a really difficult thing because it's money. It's always about the money. Death penalty cases are much, much more expensive. Because they have a higher burden of proof. Yeah, and then you've got all the appeals processes, which, you know, and the families get very unhappy that their family member is not being recognised by the jury justice system. I, I completely understand that. Yeah. But I've got this conflict in my head where I'm thinking, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to go to the potential death penalty anyway, I don't see why you'd not do that first because it supersedes the previous one. I don't know if Dallas had a pre, a bigger hold over the Collins County, which is like next one over. I don't know. Does this guy have any confirmed murders in Kenya? Or is no. it purely in the States? No, it's weird. The, I did find a report from a Tanzanian newspaper of all places. Why they were in Kenya, I don't know. They did go to the retirement home of his father they did went to i don't think anybody spoke to him there they went to the village where well, the town where he grew up did speak to people but people weren't willing to talk to them they basically said he was a good boy okay don't know anything about the judicial system out there yeah i don't know how they record stuff so 4th of october 2022 we're getting closer he goes on trial again for the murder of 87 year old mary brooks again Death penalty is not on the table because it's Dallas. 9th of October. Jury takes 30 minutes this time to find him guilty. Didn't take nine hours from the last one. No, that was jury selection. Okay. Yeah. It's it's going down. Yeah. There's an interesting article from a magazine that I will link and I'm quoting from it. They say, who did the killer target? Widows, mostly. Women living alone, but women of means, with the resources to pay for what they believed was safe housing. Most of the alleged murders, plus two attempted murders, described in an indictment against Billy, were committed in an upscale, senior, independent living complex. These places are heavily marketed to buyers as secure places to retire to, and they aren't cheap. One rented apartments for 4000 a month, $4,000, and another one required residents to buy in for as much as $1 million. But court records and police records show that for the two years before Billy's arrest, the murder victims were robbed of tens of thousands of dollars worth of jewellery, including wedding rings and large collections of gold, diamonds and coins, as well as two safes. All too often, administrators at these complexes ignored the crimes and, most important, failed to warn other residents about intruders, home invasions and major thefts. When crime rates are rising in major cities, the police and medical examiners would rather extend their forces on other crimes rather than on the death of someone who's reaching their expiration date. That was concluded by Mitchell Roth, a criminal justice professor at Sam Houston State University in Huntsville, Texas. And he is an expert on serial killers and who reviewed the facts of the case. And he finalises, A police force also hates to admit that there may be a serial perpetrator out there because it reflects badly on them. And at the same time, it is true of an upscale living facility. 
news of a serial killing there had to be bad for business. Now, it's likely that all Billy's victims were smothered with a pillow or a cushion or even his hand. Yes, fabric particles could have been found if an autopsy had been done, but particular hemorrhaging around the eyes may also have been visible. One victim was suspected of being hit about the head when they'd been found in a pool of blood. But it was thought they'd simply fallen, as a lot of old people do, and it was an accident. So that's him, Billy. 50 years old in North Tower Detention Facility in Dallas with two life sentences separately, so concurrent, and waiting to see if he appeals and see if Collins County will step in for the ones that he's not been tried for. And no one's heard of this guy. Finally, the victims who should not be forgotten. This is a long list. Phyllis Payne, 91. Phoebe Perry, 94. Joyce Abramovich, 82. Juanita Purdy, 83. Lee Corkin, 83. Margaret White, 86. Solomon Spring, 89. Norma French, 85. Glenna Day, 87. Doris Gleason, 92. Minnie Campbell, 84. Carolyn McPhee, 81. Rosemary Curtis, 75, Mary Brooks, 87, Martha Williams, 80, Miriam Nelson, 81, Anne Conklin, 82, Lou T. Harris, 81. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Once again, you're on the Patreon, so you are literally better than everyone else. If we get an update, if I keep my eye, I'll keep my eye out on this one to see if Collins County do go after him for the rest of them, and we'll do an update. Cool. We know where to find us. We'll see you next time. Much love. Peace. Bye. This is the case of Billy Sher... Fuck.